Hello and welcome to the Cane Violation. We are doing a special episode today. Well, I guess it's not that special. I'm going to do the same thing next week, but with the Western Conference. But this week, we're doing the Eastern Conference, picking out every team's player that averages the most points under 10 points. You see, there's no other podcast that's going to do that. I can guarantee it. Not even dunked on. They have better shit to do. So good God, (laughs) let's get started. Let's do the Philadelphia 76ers. All right, Sixers, let's go there. I wonder who could be their guy. Let's see who it is. And basically, I'll say whether I think they should keep him or not. All right, so Danny Green is their guy. He averaged 9.5 points this year. Started uh, 69 games. He started every game that he played in, 69, 69 games. Uh, should... Philadelphia keep him, though, because he made $15 million this year. He was in the Al Horford trade. I don't think he can pay Danny Green $15 million next year. Again, this depends on how things turn out. I mean, if they end up winning the championship this year, I think you would be pressed to bring Green back. Just... Even so, I I still can't really justify paying him $15 million, even at age 33. Maybe maybe 10. Maybe you just pay him the amount of points he averaged this year. What What if the NBA actually did that? It's like, okay, if you... Average a certain amount of points. Well, then there'd be no defense being played in the NBA. So, it's a terrible idea. Because everyone would just be trying to score. No one would play defense. And the argument would be, hey, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to get mine. I don't want to play defense. I don't want to take anyone's money away. You know what I mean? No, like, yeah, maybe... Maybe if they win the championship, you bring them back, give them like eight, nine million bucks, one year deal. Maybe, maybe. If they don't, I don't know. Because the thing is, the um, Sixers are so over the cap right now that they would really. It, it, want to use that salary, Danny Green's salary. Maybe they do a sign-and-trade or something. I don't know. Find a, a better player that makes $15 million. I'm kind of curious to see if I can find a player in that range to make a trade like this work. The thing is, Daryl Morey, it's Daryl Morey. It's uh, not their old management I don't even know who their old management was. What was it? Uh, Elton Brand? Well, he's still there. They just don't let him make decisions. <laughs> let Daryl Morey do it. 
no. If if there if there's some team that has a guy making like twelve million dollars who they don't want, maybe, maybe they could get Ricky Rubio. Do the Timberwolves really want Ricky Rubio? Maybe they can just do a sign and trade, and Philly could give them like a pick or something. Does Philly still have picks? Probably not. Three years ago, they did. I'm I I just finished watching the Lakers Suns game. Miles Bridges. Is it Miles or McHale? Maybe it's McHale. The announcers just keep saying Bridges. It sucks because they were in the same draft too. But one of the Bridges, <laughs> the one where uh, his mom worked for the Sixers and then they traded him. <laughs> They drafted him. They're like, oh, he's he's working for the franchise that his mom's... Uh, he's playing for the franchise his mom works at. And uh, <laughs> they trade him like a half hour later. Well, that guy's actually not bad, the guy on the Suns. They, uh, they should have kept him. Did they trade him for Zaire Smith? If that's true, that's that's complete negligence. Okay, let's... We gotta do 15 teams, so we gotta try and move quicker. The Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets. Who is their guy? Who is their guy? Let's pull it up here. It's Landry Shamit. I think he's under contract again next year. Let me double check here. Pretty sure he is. He is making, yeah, $3.7 million next year. I mean, the guy can actually play. He can eat up playoff minutes, so you got to keep him. That, that's a pretty easy one. Really no debate there. So let's go to the Knicks. The New York Knickerbockers, who lost today. Uh-oh. What's going on, Knicks fans? You got to win this next one. Otherwise, yeah, out. Uh, let's see who their guy is. Mitchell Robinson. Now, I think he has a tricky contract situation. Yes. So this is like the the Jokic-Chandler-Parsons situation where since uh, Mitchell Robinson was a second-round pick, he, he the contract he signed, you can either pick up his team option and pay him 1.8 next year, 1.8 million, great but then if you do that the year after that he's an unrestricted free agent and can go to any team he wants um, whereas if you decline his team option this year he becomes a restricted free agent you can extend his contract so I think they should decline the team option and sign him to a long-term deal. You might be able to get him for cheap since he was injured this year. So, also, they have so much cap space next year. It's basically just Randall and Barrett. Randall, Barrett, Toppin, and Knox make up, like, 
a third of their salary. They probably have, yeah, they have like $50 million in space next year, if maybe more. So, yeah, they they got some money to spend. Make sure you pay Mitchell Robinson. That's an easy one. He's a keeper. All right, we'll do the Toronto Raptors next. Um, oh, no, let's do Celtics. Let's do uh, the shitty Celtics. Just kidding. They won the last game. They're about to play here in a half hour, so I want to get this recorded before that game comes on. Even though they'll probably get their asses kicked. Who? who I'm kind of curious who this is going to be. All right, Daniel Tice averaged... Oh, no, we trade him. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Robert Williams averaged eight points a game this past year. He has one more year on his contract. Hmm. Do we keep Robert Williams? I think you have to. You saw how many blocks he had that first game in the next year, uh, the net series. Yeah, I be I. He's under contract next year, three point six. I guess it's some explaining whether teams should keep these guys for next season, not so much the complete future. So yeah, obviously you're gonna keep Robert Williams, only making three point six million dollars. You can even extend him this off season if you really want to. Which uh, yeah, maybe the Celtics should. Because they can make the argument like, hey, you know, we want you here long term, but you kind of get hurt a lot, so we want to protect ourselves. That's 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 how uh, that's French for uh, we want to pay you less. We want to protect. We want to protect our necks. First things first, man. You, you know. So, yeah, that's an easy one. Celtics are gonna keep him. All right, so let's go to the Central Division. The Big Bad Bucks taking out the Miami Heat. How about that? How about that? Let's see who their guy was. Justin Jackson? Are we counting this? Justin Justin Jackson played one game for the Bucks. I'm assuming it was like the last game of the season because he played 33 minutes and he he got nine points. So I guess we'll count it. Justin Jackson, I think he's still on the roster. He definitely hasn't been playing in the playoffs at all. Let's just verify, though. Yeah, he's on a two-way contract. Two-way deal. Man, he was a first-rounder. 2017 first-round pick. And they're allowed to give him a two-way deal? Really? That's actually surprising. So, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, why not? Give him another two-way deal. Sure. He's cheap. Actually, you might not be able to do that next year. So it's kind of interesting the way these two-way deals are working now. It kind of seems like teams 
who had open two-way spots, especially playoff teams, mostly playoff teams, used the two-way deal to find the um, best player possible who can actually play a few minutes in the playoffs. Like Justin Jackson could play like three minutes in the playoffs, right? I guess he could. Maybe he could play five or ten if if you really uh if you really want it. Like Gary Clark went to the Sixers. So it's kind of like oh yeah, we can pay these guys super cheap and still play them in the playoffs, which was different a couple years ago because you couldn't play two-way guys in the playoffs, but now you can, even though they really don't play at all. Um, so Justin Jackson, yeah, Bucks, go ahead, keep them. Next team. Pacers, run up in the stands, rubber run up in the stands, run up in the stands, like the Indiana Pacers. Um, let's see where a guy is. Kind of a weird season for them. TJ McConnell, that's right, he's a free agent this year. He averaged 8.6 points. I think you gotta bring him back. I think I talked about this recently. The uh, the TJ McConnell, Doug McDermott debate, or as Bill Simmons would say, the TJ McConnell thing. Um, see the the TJ McConnell thing. I just I I I, I feel like um, I feel like you got to bring those two back, even though you'll be. If you're the Pacers, you're going to be way over the luxury tax, I think it is. But I think they can just trade T.J. Warren. He doesn't want to even be there because his contract's expiring. So I think you you already got um, value just by acquiring him. I think Phoenix gave them like two second round picks just to take TJ Warren and he was actually a good player for the Pacers. It was a terrible trade by the Suns. The Suns have made so many negligible uh, or no so many negligent moves in the past. But um negligible is that even a word? They've made so many bad moves in the past. I should just stop trying to say fancy words. Um, the Suns, terrible, terrible. But look at them right now. Well, the series is tied between them and the Lakers, so it would be bad if they lose in the first round. But what I'm saying is Pacers should bring back T.J. McConnell, Doug McDermott, see what the deal is with them. They're still under 30, the Pacers just seem to want to go to the playoffs every year, so... Are you going to let these guys walk for nothing? No, just bring them back and uh, trade trade Warren and Turner if you don't want them. Trade, trade some of the other guys. Don't let these guys walk for nothing, though. 
you know, sign them. And then if one of them just doesn't seem to fit, I think you can you can uh, trade one of them. There's probably a team out there who would like TJ McConnell. I mean, obviously don't pay TJ McConnell like $10 million a year, but if you can like convince him to take five, if you can convince McDermott to take like $8 million a year, yeah, do it. Although some team might swoop in and try and steal McDermott for like $12 million. Like the Knicks. Wasn't he on the Knicks, Doug McDermott? He's been on the Knicks before. He had a cup of coffee with the Knicks, as they say. All right, we got to move on. Our next team is the Chicago Bulls. Let's see who their guy is. Otto Porter. Nah, he got traded. Um, Patrick Williams, 9.2. Yeah, this is an easy one. This is their future. He was drafted fourth overall, I believe, last season. So obviously you're going to bring him back. He's pretty solid. Pretty solid first year. Probably going to make an all-rookie team, I'd imagine, since he played so many games. Yeah, he played 71 games, and he started in every single game. That's That has, like, uh, eh, maybe he can sneak into all-NBA first team, but he's at least going to make the second team. So let's go to the next team. It is the Cleveland Cavaliers. The depressing Cleveland Cavaliers. The hopeless. I love that they brought Anderson Vergeau back. That was like that was like the highlight of my year. I just I love the older players. I love them. Because, like, you know, you grow up with these guys, and then they disappear. And sometimes you don't even know that they're gone. You just, you go to, like, old rosters from, like, four years ago, and you're like, holy crap, I forgot Samuel Dallenbear existed. Isaac Okoro's the Cavs guy. He averaged 9.6 points a game this season. Um. Yeah, you're gonna bring him back. He actually played 67 games, started in all of them. So that's kind of cool. They have possibly their forward of the future. Yes, he got extended minutes on a garbage team, but maybe he can become something. So ideally, it would be nice if the Cavs could draft like a super good power forward this year let's go to nbadraft.net this is a website my buddy dan greeny recommended shout out to dan greeny i'll see him next week and maybe we'll record an episode i gotta bring my equipment though um let's see mock draft 2021 mock draft all right so it's saying that Cleveland might get the fourth pick and that they would pick Jalen Suggs. Eh, I wouldn't do that if I were them. <laughs> no, actually, it looks like Jonathan Kaminga, the guy from the G League, he's a small forward, power forward. Um, They could get him. 
that would be nice. Scotty Barnes is another small forward, power forward. I don't I don't know if these guys are any good though. I haven't watched any footage on them. I just listened to Dan Greeny. I just I just asked Dan Greeny because he watches college basketball. Greeny, is this guy good? Should the Celtics draft him? That's basically those are basically my Greeny questions. Uh, so yeah, you're gonna keep Isaac Okoro. Let's go to the next team here. It's gonna be the Detroit Shit Shitston Pistons. Uh, not Toro Boys. Who is their guy? Frank Jackson. Frank Jackson. Wow, he averaged nine point eight points a game. Good for him. Frank Jackson. I don't know if he's even still on the team. I have to check. He is. Wow, he's on a two-way contract. Yeah, that's right. He was drafted by New Orleans. So what? So I thought two-way contracts is you had to play three years or under in order to get it, get the two-way. Well, I guess he did play three years. So 2017 draft, 30, first pick overall, first pick of the second round, I guess. Um, I really don't know. Can he be on a two-way contract next year? I don't think he can. Um, but if he averaged 9.8, it's not terrible. Maybe if he, I mean, give him like a non-guaranteed contract, basically. You should do that. I'm kind of curious. We got to go back and see, like, after um, free agency happens to see if, like, any of the teams actually do the stuff I predict. They probably won't. But yeah, I'm going to say bring back Frank the Tank Jackson. I have no idea if he's actually a tank. He might not be. All right, so we got five more teams. Let's keep it rolling here. The Atlanta Hawks, who just won today. Good for them. Uh, who is their guy averaging the most under 10? Oh, it's Rondo. No, it's not. He got traded. So that means it's Tony Snell. What the hell? Um, He averages 9. Whoa. Hold on. Oh, no. This is per 36. Am I, f I might be screwing this up. Oh, boy. I gotta make sure I wasn't doing the per 36 numbers. No, I think I did the Pistons one right. Um, okay. So, yeah, it still is Tony Snell. He averaged 5.3 points a game. Kind of interesting. He was... What was the trade? Because he was on the Pistons... But were the Pistons trying to get off salary? Is that how he ended up on Atlanta? 
Also, Atlanta was trying to get good this year. All right, so Snell was traded along with the draft rights to Kevin Porter Jr. No, that's that's old. Uh, Snell and Kyrie Thomas were traded to the Atlanta Hawks in exchange for Dwayne Dedman. Oh, okay. So I think the Hawks were trying to get off Dwayne Dedman. Is that it? Maybe? Okay. Because what was Deadman's contract? Wasn't it? I I think Deadman actually might have had two more years on his contract. So that's why the Hawks wanted to get off of it. And then he gets traded to the Pistons, and they just straight up wave him. It's like, okay. Yeah, you can do that. You can stretch him if you want. You're going to have to pay him until, like, 2026, though, by doing that. Let's see if kind of want to check their books now, the Pistons books. Uh, Pistons salary. Uh, yeah, they're paying him till 2025. Only $2 million, though. But anyways, yeah, so Tony Snell was on the Pistons last year. Basically got dumped to the Hawks. Or The Hawks didn't really want him, but for financial reasons, it just made sense taking him on. And he's actually been a decent player for them this past year. Comes off the bench most of the time. Can fill in as a starter here and there. And, you know, doesn't make too many mistakes. Gives you some decent minutes. He's even playing in the playoffs. The thing is, what's he making next year? That I have to check right now. What does Tony Snell make next year? So Tony Snell is a free agent. He made $12 million this year. Tony Snell made $12 million. So he's a free agent next year. Sure, I would bring him back. Not for $12 million, though. Uh, bring him back for, like, maybe five. Another situation where... How many points does he average? Yeah, bring him back for that. Five points a game. That's fair, because he can eat up minutes. Especially if they end up beating the Knicks in play in uh first round. Yeah, they're going to want to bring back... A lot of the team, I'd imagine. So, yeah. Bring Tony Snell back. Bring back Lou Williams. Bring him back. Not a lot for Lou Williams, though. Okay. Next team, the Miami Heat. The eliminated Miami Heat. Who is... Their guy. Oh, so Oladipo did play for the Heat. I didn't even realize that. He he played four games for them. So their guy is Trevor Reza. Averaged nine point four this season. Basically got him for nothing. Uh, I think it was Myers Leonard they traded. To get him from the Thunder. 
So it was a big plus for the Heat. They basically got off of bad boy Myers Leonard, who was a PR nightmare, and got back a starter in Trevor Reza. Yeah, they didn't do anything in the playoffs, but, I mean, Reza still played decent. He's 35 years old. I'm going to say you don't bring him back this year, next year, because there's going to be some team out there. It seems like every couple years there's a team that says, oh, Trevor Reza, wing, wing. It's so hard to find wings in this league. Trevor Ariza, we got to overpay him. We got to give him like $12 million. But we'll only do it for a year because he's old. But like, it'll it'll look good. It'll make our offseason look good. It'll be like, oh, we, we, we signed, we overpaid for an old ass wing. I bet, I bet like the Knicks give him like eight million dollars next year. Like, oh, Trevor Ariza, yes, yes. Wasn't he drafted by the Knicks? I think he was. Oh four, I think. Yeah, he was. Second rounder, forty third overall. Yeah, how about that? That's a that's a great story. Uh, Trevor Reza coming back to retire a neck. So, yeah, Miami, don't bring back Trevor Reza. You got uh, you got a lot of other things you got to figure out. Like your superstar, Jimmy Butler, who uh, is probably going to have a rough summer in terms of press. Not a lot of writers are going to be praising him this offseason. All right, so the Wizards, they're about to get eliminated by the Sixers. Let's see who their guy is. Robin Lopez, Mr. Hookshot himself. I I, I think it's kind of cool how the Wizards play three centers for like 20 minutes a game. I think that's exactly what they do. Let's double-check. Yeah, so Alex Len plays 15 minutes, Daniel Gafford 17, Robin Lopez 19 a game. They have like a three-man rotation of centers. And they start Len so that he he roughs up the, uh, the other team's big man, which I thought would work a lot better in this first-round series against the Sixers, but I guess it really doesn't matter. The Wizards just do not have the talent and the confidence to beat the Sixers. So Robin Lopez, is he under contract next year? I think he might be. Let's let's check out their salaries here. I believe they signed him to a multi-year deal. No, they didn't. But they did kind of overpay him this year. $7.3 million, age 33. I think he made like maybe $2 million last year. Which uh, you can assume he took a discount just to pay, uh, play with his brother. Do you bring back Robin Lopez? 
Yeah, if he takes like maybe four million dollars a year, you're not gonna give him seven again, though. That's that's a little too much, I'd say. So just be like, yeah, you want to uh, you want to come back? Take four million bucks. It's like, no, I want seven. Well, who else is going to pay him seven million dollars next year? I can't think of a team that's going to want to pay him that much at age 33, probably going to be 34 soon. So, okay. We got two more teams left. Let's try and wrap this up. The Charlotte Hornets. People thought they were going to make noise in the playoffs. They barely did anything in the playing tournament. Cody Zeller. Ooh, this is an interesting one. Mr. Mr. Hornet. Mr. Bobcat. He played 48 games, started 21. Yeah, Hornets, they're like uh, they're like a team that has like every position like they have the the future guy for every position except for center. So you would imagine they're going to draft a center this year. Let's see where the Hornets stand in the draft. They are at 15. And NBA Draft.net has them taking Usman Garuba. So yeah, just take a center. But I would bring back Cody Zeller because he seems well-liked there. Maybe he becomes a Nick Collison guy. But for the Hornets. Because the Hornets, they're going to be good in the next five years because of LaMelo Ball. Hopefully the front office doesn't make stupid moves, but um, I think how much did Cody Zeller make last year? I think he made a a dumb amount of money for the uh, the production. He, he gave how much was fifteen million dollars? Yeah, that's way too much for Cody Zeller. <laughs> I would say maybe five or four, maybe four, maybe three million dollars. That sounds more fair for Cody Zeller. I think they should uh, offer him like a $15 million contract. Total. He makes that over five years. So he'll make $3 million a year. And they'll say like, yeah, we want to keep you, but we're going to pay you less. Cause I don't see, I don't see any team really wanting Cody Zeller. He's like barely a backup center, but he'll have a good game here and there. Okay, so last team, the Orlando Magic, the poor rebuilding after the rebuild, Orlando Magic, the first rebuild was not that great. Highlight of that rebuild, beating the Raptors in game one of the 2019 
first round playoffs. That was it. That that was what they built for. We, hey, I will say it was an exciting game, but you know, you spend a decade building for that. Doesn't make sense. Okay. Michael Carter-Williams, here's another interesting one. So he averaged 8.8 this past season. Is he under contract next year? I don't think he is. Let's double check. Oh, he is. He is. Interesting. So he's making $3 million next year. Um, Wow, he's 29. What the hell? God, I feel like he's still a kid. Apparently not, though. Um, yeah, you're you're definitely gonna keep Michael Carter Williams for three million dollars next year. That's just that's a good deal, especially for the production he gives. I mean, he's not great, but he's a good bench guy, I guess. So that's every team. So let's get to our movie of the week. It was Alien Predator. Not Alien versus Predator. It was Alien Predator. Now, this movie came out a long time ago. 1986. So, I remember seeing this in the book. This was a rough page because every page, since the book's in alphabetical order, Every title has alien in it, basically. Like, there, there's four pages with just titles that start with alien. And they all look so bad. So basically, I just go through and see. M- mostly just see if I know anyone in the cast. Because then it'll make the movie a little more interesting, I'd imagine. So that's kind of why I picked this one, because Dennis Christopher is in it. You might know him from uh, Breaking Away, the bike movie from the late 70s. He was also in a a pretty good slasher film that I saw years back. Uh, It's called Fade the Black. It's like this uh, guy who's obsessed with movies ends up... uh, well, I guess he's a little too obsessed with movies. He also lives in Hollywood. He was like a teenager, and he gets picked on. He's bullied, and he would like kill his bullies, but he would like do like trailer voices as he's killing his victims. Like twentieth century Fox presents a machete to your throat. <laughs> That's kind of like what I remember. But Dennis Christopher was the guy. So uh, you, you can imagine like Quentin Tarantino as like a a murdering kid. But like, you know, constantly referencing movies as he's killing his victims. Which is funny because Dennis Christopher ended up working with Tarantino on Django Unchained. So... I noticed Dennis Christopher was in the cast, and another girl I recognized was Lynn Holly Johnson, who was in this movie that I 
watched as a kid, didn't even really know what the title was, and it was it was actually really creepy. But for years, I like wondered what the movie was. So I think it just it popped into my head one day. I was like, oh, I remember watching this when I was a kid. So I just like typed in descriptions and was like, oh. It was actually pretty easy to find. So the movie was called Watcher in the Woods. Actually a Disney movie, believe it or not. It came out in 1980. And, I mean, it's it's PG, but it's still, like, a creepy movie. And it's weird that it's a Disney movie. You don't really see suspenseful, scary Disney movies. It's like... It's like if uh, Disney was trying to do, like, an Are You Afraid of the Dark type of movie. Um, so, I mean, Betty Davis was in that. Kyle Richards was in that. Um, so I recognized Lynn Holly Johnson's name from that. She's in this movie, so I'm like, all right, let's check it out. So Alien... So it it has so many different names. It's Alien Predator on IMDb, but the poster, one of the posters calls it Alien Predators. And then another um, title it was given on like a VHS release was called The Falling. Um, but we'll call it Alien Predator. Because that's what IMDb calls it. And that's what said in the book. So I I go to IMDb. It has a 3.6 rating. It doesn't even have a thousand votes. I'm like, ah, shit. Here we go. So I watch it. It's pretty hokey. Editing is terrible. Scenes just go on for too long. Uh, a guy walking towards like a comet that just exploded or what or a comet that just hit earth and it's like just he's like far away from the hole and it's not even suspenseful it's like just cut to him going up to the hole and there's just so many bad like editing issues with the movie scenes going on for too long even, like, some of the dialogue. The dialogue is actually pretty funny. Dennis Christopher and uh, Lynn Holly. So, basically, it's it's three Americans. I can't, I can't for the life of me remember why they're here, but they are in Spain on a road trip. They have an RV, and a comet hits Earth... And I think, I think what happens is like a cow or a bull starts like eating like out of the comet because there's like alien guts or whatever in the comet. So of course a cow's gonna see that and eat it. <laughs> that makes sense. And then the cow turns into an alien, walks in the middle of the road, and the guys in the RV hit it. They go out to see what happens, and uh, 
I think they just like drive away, basically. But then this alien starts like spreading onto other species and whatnot, and then uh, NASA's involved in this as well. There's kind of like a conspiracy there as well. I didn't even know that NASA was in Spain. I thought NASA was just the U.S., but I had to look it up. There is a uh, NASA in Spain, I guess, since you know, we, uh, we're not enemies with Spain. We're okay funding NASA over there. So... This was kind of a disaster, but the dialogue was actually kind of funny. So they, it it was, I mean, Dennis Christopher's pretty funny in it. I I actually think that they were improving because the director is someone not American. I don't think. I'm looking up who it is. The director was Duran Duran Sarafian. Um, I think he's European, so he didn't know English, or if he, I mean, he probably didn't understand, like how English uh, teenagers talked. Even though they're they're definitely not teenagers, they're like in their twenties. But the the dialogue's pretty funny, I gotta say. Some of it is uh, pretty problematic, though. Uh, so these two guys, Dennis Christopher, Martin Hewitt, uh, none of them are in a relationship with this other girl, Sam, played by Lynn Holly Johnson, but they um, both have a crush on her, and they're almost kind of competing for her. And they're not... They're, they're, they're open about it, too. They, they tease her a lot. So it it definitely wouldn't fly today, especially uh, when Dennis Christopher says something and uh, she kind of tells him to to uh, take a hike, and he goes, "Oh, I guess a blowjob's out of the question." That's like a joke. It's like ooh, that uh, that would not fly today. Um. So yeah, then they get mixed up in the the alien stuff. The NASA's involved in a cover up. They're kidnapping people left and right. They split up at one point, and I gotta say, the movie kind of gets better. It gets better. The effects, the the alien effects, are uh, actually pretty good I gotta say I mean there's not a it's basically like uh, people there are like aliens like attaching themselves onto humans we don't see this happening but we see like the outcome of it and people's like faces are like completely distorted and everything like it's a uh, it's actually it's it's good special effects. It's good makeup. Um I wonder who did the uh what do you call it? Makeup department, I guess. 
special creatures effects. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if these guys did a bunch of other things. Wow. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, Mark Schustrom. Oh, oh, of course. Okay. So, this guy, Mark Schostrom, worked on this movie. He also did the special effects for A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, Evil Dead 2. Uh, he did Devil's Advocate as well. But, uh, yeah, this guy's legit. This guy's good at uh, his... Spe oh, he did Men in Black as well. So, no surprise at all. The effects are uh, are very good. He did Videodrome as well. He worked on Videodrome. So, um, yeah, it's they're good. I mean, they're not they're not in the movie enough. That's a problem. Actually, I noticed another name. Raja Go Gosnell was a post production supervisor. He's actually done a ton of movies. Yeah, he directed Big Mama's House, Never Been Kissed, Scooby-Doo, both Scooby-Doo movies. Um, what did he direct recently? The Smurfs. <laughs> um, Home Alone 3, he did. But, um, I, yeah, the movie gets better. It, it definitely, it's cheesy. It hasn't... It has an editing problem, but it kind of ends up working. It 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 doesn't uh, it doesn't get boring or anything, and I think the actors are a big part of it. Dennis Christopher, although some of his lines are pretty cringe, they're actually pretty witty, which is why I think. Uh, I think he uh, was improvising because, like, there's no way the writer was coming up with this stuff on the spot or in the script. Um, there's one scene that's weird. There's one scene where Dennis Christopher, like, finds, like, a body in an RV. Like, they go to an RV park, but it's only, like, them and one other RV in the park. And... Like, he opens the door and sees, like, an alien in there. He, uh, they're outside. He runs away, and he pukes in a trash can. It's like, a, this is like someone whose, like, face is all, like, mutilated, and they're, they're clearly dead. Why would you run to a trash barrel to throw up? I would just throw up on the spot outside. I think that's kind of like a brain fart that they uh, they didn't pick up on. But I gotta say, the movie works. In fact, I think this would be a great movie to edit into like a half... I think you could edit the whole movie into a half an hour. It's 90 minutes long. In fact, if I was like a teacher out of... Um, a college uh, doing an editing class, I would say, take this movie, turn it into like a half hour Tales from the Crypt episode, edit it down to a half an hour. I think you could totally do that, and it would be 
even better because there's just there's so much extra stuff that this film doesn't need it would i think it would be a great tales from the crypt episode i guess it was filmed in spain as well so we do see some landscapes that are are very nice i gotta say so i get call me crazy but i'm giving this the alice rating i you probably would think i'd give it the abbey rating the tier two tier two not gonna recommend i'm giving it the tier three i'm gonna recommend it if uh, you're into corny horror movies, yeah, watch this. Watch this and see what I'm talking about, how it needs to get cut down. Because there is some, there's some decent stuff here. There's good effects. The landscapes are nice. The actors are all right. There was something here, but... Uh, it's just, it's not consistent. But it's enough for me to recommend, believe it or not. Call me crazy. All right, the Celtics and Nets are starting game four. Oh, God. I might actually go to game five. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. If, like, tickets are under 100, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go. We'll see. All right, and play some music for you, four hip hop tracks, and uh, I will talk to you probably next Sunday. Probably have Dan Greeny with us, maybe another guest, maybe we'll have a surprise guest. We'll see. Have a good week, guys. Snake illustrates a caution to the people. Electronic fog, alien bibles, crop circles at the sand in Cairo, like this is '76, demanding pyro. Human history, 50% catastrophe. It's actually the arms race between the facts and anarchy. The secret to success is believing that you succeeded is more than an achievement. It's as important as you breathe, and sometimes it's one and the same. Who's running the game? All we ever say is they. They know it's fun to complain. It's it's it cause people to ride and flip. The way I think, I've been classified as violent and sick. I'm like a time bomb. The CIA designed me to tick, designed me to head over to poppy to buy me a brick. These motherships hit our radars, the skies in the blip. The entire sky is eclipsed, just like the size of my dirt. Are these the doomsday chronicles, the Bible quotes, or is this similar? The shock and suicide provokes We're all slaves at the auction where our lives are sold Time to free our minds from the shackles and the lies of old Are these the doomsday chronicles, the Bible quotes Or is this similar to shock and suicide provokes We're all slaves at the auction where our lives are sold Time to free our minds from the shackles and the lies of old I leave the face of your society with buck 50 scars Sour diesel splits from weed jars and flip police cars Pull holes the size of grapefruits through riot gear Bloody footprints from Jordan 4's on your floor We pioneers take fools to hide Tears, elevate to a high learning To a talking bush on the mountain with fires burning Commandments to call the stone with lightning bolts the throne And anger meant to spark the dome Now frightening results unfold Dragons, eagles, snakes, and aliens Captured, we keep them caves and barriers Constellations and areas Coded through letters, numbers, and symbols To transmit pulse
explosives and whistles and activate hundreds of missiles, hundreds of killers with multiple pistols. While these name brands reverse engineer spacecrafts and make trillions, they made the cure for AIDS and cease production. While the poor die infested in diseased corruption. Are these the doomsday chronicles, the Bible quotes, or is this similar to shock that suicide provokes? We're all slaves at the auction where our lives are sold. Time to free our minds from the shackles and the lies of old. Are these the doomsday chronicles, the Bible quotes, or is this similar to shock that suicide provokes? We're all slaves at the auction where our lives are sold. Time to free our minds from the shackles and the lies of old.
start the grabs in my Timberland. Ain't nothing colder than New York when that December. Rain. The colder shoulders for Mavis Joes and the simple means. I pack the heat cause I'm known around to be simmering. That mean I'm finna hit the boiling point like real soon. Man, I be heating up my self-esteem, been on the moon. The flow is hotter than volcanic craters near the equator. Any debaters is simply haters, they know that I'm greater. I be counting my paper forever, fuck all the majors. Did it all on my own, don't owe nobody no favors. It's clear I'm here to the throne, I've been the best of my zone. Internationally known, forever Brooklyn zone, I mean. But here's for the presidents, the congressmen, the senators who got us all slaving while they reaping all the benefits. Got the world thinking that it's true by what they said of us. America's worst nightmare is super predator. Place of birth. I'm from gunslinging CA, where every move is watched and watched back for instant replay. So many days and nights with ink bleeding pages. Fall asleep on flights, calling sleeping with strangers. Now back to the city of angels where the rain is. To the vinyl when they rhyme Mark it with the scribe Count blessings, toes, fingers, I'm alive I've had so many lows to survive all the highs I've learned some things and others learned to tolerate You could be a day short, but not a dollar late New day in ring, chain link, put it together Beat the drum, pray for rain, we ain't the same under the weather Just me against the world on the verge of relentless Trying to stay apart like each word of the sentence King versus apprentice, champ versus challenger The challenger swung, the champ fell, they kicked him out of there I throw raps to see in a bottle to float Like a lost SOS that the novelist wrote the wind blew and popped the top, they read the letter yeah. To whom it may concern, my sick words under the weather Falling from out of the sky It's falling down on me Showing up early with my money on my mind Trying to keep from crime 
one of a kind I'm defined by my environment For everything I did from inception to retirement uh, Cause I've been running on unleaded fumes Collecting money back for sacks Fronted for the rent is due A daydreamer still running towards the rainbow's ending Knowing damn well the gold wasn't meant for spending You ten cents from a nickel in your pocket Shit, I'm 30 short of $20 in my wallet Yeah, you might need 12 fingers for the runners Maybe six on a hand, half a dozen on the other uh, I bundle up brown gloves for the summer Shorts in the winter with a slicker in the Umbrella. A fella chasing cheese like he running a maze But really, I'm just running in place I need the bread to start Falling from out of the sky It's falling down on me Rain, calm down Fall down Rain, calm down Fall down Falling from out of the sky I'm listless and can't make any commitments No ability to stay relaxed I spent fast, now I'm paying the tax Plus I've got an itch that I just can't scratch When you slip through the cracks, it's hard to come back But still I keep trying to get on my feet Everybody's sure that I'm in too deep And please, I really wish the rumors would stop The things people tend to say and do when they talk So loose and free and accusingly I think of how it used to be As I lay awake The clock is shaking, bite the pain and try in vain to stop when I know I can't help falling again.
mysterious key force. This force is likened to the spirit of the person. It is a power beyond his body, for then, when used, this force generates absolute pinpoint power.